us today, and that would be Mr. Corey Cazares, Mr. Jim Keener, and Andrew uh, Compion, who are in studio with us today. And uh, I'm going to start over here and wish a very good morning to Mr. Corey Cazares. Corey, how are you? Good morning, Rick. It feels awesome to be back in your studio. Early Sunday morning, can't complain. I'm glad to be here. It is so good to see you, my friend, and thank you for coordinating our discussion today. Yep, I'll pass the mic now. I'm, I'm enjoying I'm looking forward to today. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. Before we get started, how about a little bit about yourself and uh, what should we know? I'm a combat vet, served in the Army for quite some time, got out, uh, found myself in the real estate community, and now we're helping other veterans use their VA home loan benefit to build wealth uh, on this island. It also gives us the chance to meet people that, who knows how I got to meet some of these people we get to meet on the mm -hmm. studio in life, and Jim's a perfect example of that. Just being able to meet uh, extraordinary people and uh, hopefully get them you know, a little bit more exposure and, and, and uh, help them grow. Amen. Appreciate that very much, and we'll come back with Corey in a moment. Uh, Jim Keener, we wish you aloha. Thank you for being with us in studio. Good morning. Thank you. My pleasure, Rich. Thanks for having us. It is our pleasure indeed. Jim, would you mind sharing about yourself, please? Yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur uh, focused primarily on conscious capitalism, building business models that affect change. And uh, in aligning with the veterans, we've uh, been successful in building out this uh, service model. So uh, I'm excited to talk about that further. Tremendous. And we'll get started in just a moment. Andrew, aloha to you, sir. Aloha, Rick. Thanks for having us today. It's good to see you again in studio. And uh, thanks for being with us. How about a little bit about yourself, too? Yeah, just like Corey, I was a combat vet for 10 years in the military in the special operations community. Uh, my father, Jim Keener here, um, told me to come out two years ago so we could do this entrepreneur thing together and spread conscious capitalism throughout America. So that's our goal. And it's going to be a great chat. It's going to go by way too quickly, I can see already. And I think, hold up, before we go any further, you did say you don't like the way you sound on radio, really. I, I'm going to go ahead and compliment it. I think it sounds perfect. I think our, our listeners are going to get a kick out of today. Well, the beautiful thing is that Andrew is going to do a couple of Justin Timberlake songs. Actually. <laughs> Celebration. <laughs> he, he may speak quietly, but his biceps are screaming. <laughs> It's going to be one of those programs today, I can see. I love this. Uh, Jim, set the table for us a little bit, please, because I know our focus is going to be on helping our veterans. That's a broad statement. Let's make it a little bit more narrow today. Okay, so kind of the situation that we were faced with in Hawaii is I build businesses for a living. This is what I do. And uh, my son, as you heard, getting out of the military after 10 years, and a group of the individuals that work in the special forces community are all similar individuals, type A personalities, looking for opportunity outside of the workforce, outside of the military. So um, what I decided to do was develop a model that would work with that flexibility and using the conscious capital model, which is be good, do good, do no, do no harm to yourself, the environment, or others. We decided to build uh, the Handy Andy Hawaii model, which is a transitional employment platform for veterans exiting the service. And uh, there were some weaknesses in that model where we found that the primary problem was skill sets. They did not have the proper skill sets. So that led us to uh, develop a school called the National Academy of Construction Trades. And uh, we hired a headhunter to find ourselves the instructor. And we recruited Don Schersmith, who's the former uh, instructor from University of Hawaii Manoa's ABC Hawaii program, and uh, brought him in. And now we're starting the skill development portion of the business. So we'll take the warrior. Um, run them through skill development, and when they're done with skill development, we'll employ them into one of our construction avenues, which we have a service and maintenance division in Handy Andy, Hawaii, and mm -hmm. we have a construction division that handles all of the general construction. Mm -hmm. 
I want to uh, shift over uh, to Andrew, if you don't mind, for a moment, Jim, and uh, share a little bit about Handy Andy, the mission, the uh, intent of the business, et cetera, and how this all comes together. Okay, so how this came into fruition, uh, it was two years ago, 2016, me and my dad were in uh, Waikiki talking about my exiting the service, and we were just I was just talking about, man, there was no really clear path on how to do this like effectively, and what if I didn't have resources outside the military or the government to be able to work, right? What would I have done? And then he started uh, pinging questions back and forth, like, what, what a service member all have in common? Well, every service member is a professional in janitorial maintenance. That's one thing that you, Corey can... Uh, And our service was so different, too, and it still holds true, so absolutely. So then uh, we started going through the trades, and then we came up with Handyman. And then uh, through that, my dad developed a model where we can serve as a veteran transitional employment platform for veterans, actually in the service. And then we figured out um, how to uh, to uh, recruit, train, and retain all of our Mm -hmm. workers. And, uh, yeah, that's how we pretty much got our start. Uh, how was the re- initial response of individuals who were applying? And share with us a little bit about the folks who did reply, what their pr- level of preparedness was, and what their previous experience was in trying to find a job, occupation, career path. Excellent. One of the first veterans, actually, that we brought on board, uh, he was a uh, Purple Heart recipient, had some issues exiting the service, and uh, we gave him a chance, brought him on board. And he was extremely thankful and appreciative to have the opportunity because he had applied to places like Walmart, and he got denied against a guy 18 years old. So I talked to my dad. I'm like, hey, this is the situation. This is the guy. This is what he's been through. You know, let's give him an opportunity. We provided him an opportunity that, you know, a lot of places wouldn't have done. Yeah. So I t- we take great pride in helping our vets. Tremendous. Now, Corey, we talk about transition quite a bit. Yeah. And this seems to be a wonderful vehicle to really help our veterans making that shift. Yep. I mean, we've sat in this studio together, you and I, Rick, a few hundred times talking about opportunities for veterans, and never in my life have I seen anything with the ability to reach as many veterans as this. And there's there, it, there's abilities outside of the veteran community that are beneficial for our state, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But just speaking on this topic of veteran employment, veteran opportunities, I've never seen anything like this. We've had some great people in the studio that I don't want to take anything away from, but the reach and the ability for this to be a huge effect in our community is absolutely there, and it's on the way. I have zero doubt. Um, I just am glad to be a part of it. And, and backing up a little bit over to uh, Andrew's service, when he says there are commonalities in service, there absolutely are. And being able to find that and help people capitalize on that is major. And it covers the spread. Drew was one of probably 200 people who did what he did. A very Some of the amazing people we've had on Special Forces and all that, nothing shy of anything we've ever talked about on the show um, or on, uh, on our other programs. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing career and still yet um, taking those leadership skills and bringing them into the community and not only using them for himself but offering other employment opportunities to veterans. It's, it's unbelievable, man. I'm excited. So, a part of this, and, and anybody jump in, please, and that is the preparedness of a transitioning veteran. Now, we've talked about anything from benefits to health and education, etc. Now we're talking about occupational transitioning. Please jump in, anyone. Explain to our listeners what the current status is, the state of that transition as the role of our United States military. What role do they play in helping prepare veterans make that move? Okay, so as Corey can attest to this, we have this thing called TAPS, and I don't know the acronym. Yeah, Transition Assistance Program or something like that. Right, and what it is, it's a week-long 
instruction that shows you how to create a resume. It talks about different employment opportunities, how to use your GI Bill. I feel it's very surface level. There's no in-depth knowledge. It's not individualized. It's to pump 100, 200 people in each week. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And if you can take something away, great. If not, that's pretty much the standard. Yeah. You got to think of when it comes to transitional, somebody explained it to me once and helped me understand. You've got to think of the military as a business when you're talking about transition. The business is on the bringing in of soldiers. The soldiers who decide to get out with all the training and all the money that the military had spent training them, uh, equipping them, and employing them, those people who are getting out aren't on the profit side of the military's margins, right? So there's not as much care put into it. Not downing the military, I had a great experience, but at the same time, a lot of care is taken onto the intake and not so much of the output, and that's what I found to be true. Well, I'll tell you what, and I'm glad you established that. So the remainder of our conversation is going to really demonstrate the importance uh, and the creativity of bringing these opportunities to our veterans with Jim Keener and uh, Corey Cazares, uh, Andrew Compion in studio. Mike Compion is correct? Yes, sir. Just want to make sure. And uh, you're dialed into Community Matters. I'm Rick Kamada. So, Jim, given that, uh, let's get into a little bit more detail about the benefits that our veterans will receive by participating with you. Okay. Um, Just off the top of my mind, one of the the guys that rings into my head is a a kid named Jordan who, uh, at 24 years old, he's already had two combat... um, deployments, got a DUI here in Hawaii. Um, they told him in two weeks he was going to be out of the military. He has a wife and a child. And uh, at that time, he literally had no options because at that point, you have somebody who's going to be separated that is not going to get a, um, an honorable discharge, going to get a general discharge, making it even more difficult. So Jordan was one of our first applicants to come on board. And we sat down and developed a critical path forward to his success, which included Obviously, the behavior modification that uh, created the problem, but running through a batteries of skill sets, getting them out into the market, training them on how to deal with client interaction, proper communication, and uh, more than just the skill sets is how to be a proper teammate and how to look out for everybody. So we choose four principles to build our business on, which is trust at the personal level, and trust in our business means predictability predictability behavior, trustworthiness, which is interpersonal, which is based on the individual's character and competence. It's empowerment at the coaching level where we provide the tools, training, resources, and support to be successful. And then alignment at the organizational level, making sure that we're all working towards the same outcome and the same goal. Mm -hmm. And uh, we deal with difficult people because the veterans that are coming out aren't all uh, doing well and super stoked about being part of anything. They go through a, a transition period. So we're uniquely qualified, uh, me being the parent of two combat veterans and living in the military family lifestyle for several years. I have two boys, um, both of them military veterans, that uh, I felt that it's a a cause that the private enterprise should get involved and we shouldn't rely so much on the military for transitioning these individuals. It's our responsibility. And if I have the skill sets to do so, I should, and therefore I did put my money where my mouth is. We're all privately funded. We have uh, no bank loans. We don't operate outside of that. We operate off cash flow. I think we've even done some work for you. Mm-hmm. So uh, we really work hard to put our team in the field and put our product out there to the market and let the uh, consumers decide if they want to be part of this process and helping employ veterans. You know, this is, uh, and, and here's why I'm so excited about this conversation. First of all, we have approximately 128,000 veterans who live in the state of Hawaii. Uh, we talk about issues where there are always challenges. Homelessness among our veterans population, for one. Uh, we talk about uh, the unfortunate situation with mental illness and PTSD and perhaps even dependence on uh, controlled substances, drugs, alcohol, things like that. So we do that because we want to address and help. 
in this particular story, this is all about uplifting. This is all about taking that veteran and creating this wonderful lifetime opportunity. And as you mentioned, uh, Jim, that is not, this isn't a government function. This isn't a for-profit function. This is driven by wanting to assist and help those who have dedicated their lives to us, who have skill sets and experiences that are beneficial, and it's just a way to open up this door. And prayerfully, folks are going to walk in. Now, there's some details to the program that I find fascinating because, one, a concentration on trades. The trades, unfortunately, as we talked before we came on the air, unfortunately not receiving the attention that it richly deserves in other areas of education. But, uh, Jim, Andrew, Corey, if you want to jump in, the idea that you are creating an individual who can be mobile with their skill set and will transcend the traditional tradesman definition, man, that mm. this is groundbreaking stuff. That's actually the part that caught my attention really strong at the very onset of this. We uh, were involved with U.S. vets in a lot of different ways. When we started talking about U.S. vets, they take homeless veterans, give them employment opportunities, help them write the resume, get them off drugs, get them into a trade, or get them into a mindset where they can be a productive member of society. And the largest hirer of graduates from U.S. vets last year was Chili's. Now, mm. not to downplay that, but that's great. Chili's, I'm, I'm super grateful that they're there to be able to do that. But Chili's isn't really a skill set. It's a, it's, it's a placeholder. Um, and the difference between these programs is really the ability to, to transcend a placeholder situation and really thrive. Right. Andrew, you're nodding in agreement. Yeah, so uh, essentially what we've done is uh, we created the special forces model and implemented it in uh, a trade space, hmm. right? So what I mean by that is in special forces, you have a guy who's like a, a, a weapon sergeant, right? Well, his alternate task is like a demolitions guy or a radio guy. He has multiple skill sets, right? So that's what we're doing with these guys. He'll have his primary task, and then he'll have secondary contingency burns, you know? So it's the same model special mm-hmm. forces just implemented. So it's intuitive to these guys because they're in the military, you know, so right. they understand how. Right. And the thing that I love, too, is we're, we should be sparking the interest of those that it's going to be applicable to already with the conversation. And we're still talking about the ground view. We're still talking about yeah. 10 feet off the ground. As we zoom out 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 feet, the, the program gets more and more incredible. And I think Jim will probably have a lot more to to enlighten on that, but very impressive. I just want to turn it over to Jim in a moment. Maybe in my commentary and introduction that this, uh, your program, Jim, is not limited to those who may find themselves in uh, a challenging situation. This is open to all veterans. All veterans, correct. And we want to make sure that that's very clear. Jim, how about some of the details on how this will work? Well, first off, we're we're primarily focused on veterans, but 100% of our employees are not veterans because Mm -hmm. part of the facilitation is you need a battle buddy that's not you know, haven't been through the same trauma, so you got somebody to kind of share things with. If you've all been through the same thing, then you all you tend to talk about are those issues. So we, uh, Dr. Patty Isaacs, she runs Ho'omaukeola, which is uh, for drug and alcohol treatment for Native Hawaiians. She's uh, she's offered to help us with our men to, if we have any issues. They have free counseling service with her. So that's uh, that's a big step for us. But um, kind of back to what Andrew was saying about the multi, training them in multiple skill sets. So what we found is even in the union, even with Hawaii here, a lot of these guys will go through and they're a licensed a union plumber, a union painter. And then when that job dries up, they're unemployed for a specific amount of time. Then they try to get into the marketplace and go to work. So what we found is try to create 
uh, the proper opportunity by training them in multiple skill sets, right? So if you need a, a licensed electrician, we have that. If you need a licensed plumber, we have that. If you need a carpenter, we have that. Whatever you need, we have that. And we're trying to build out the special forces model where we have everybody that is primarily skilled and then they have secondary and emergency skill sets, which that gives us the additional capacity. And our program started March 2017 with one person and we're at February 2018, we had 30 guys. Wow. So we've uh, we scaled rather rapidly. We scale through acquisitions. So uh, we went through one merger with a construction company to get our general contractor's license. So now we have the air cover of a general contractor license. And now we're working with Colburn Plumbing, Bruce Colburn, for the plumbing aspect. And he provides our plumbing oversight, trains our guys. He has the, the license and the insurance for that. So they provide us air cover for our guys to go out into the marketplace and, and develop our skill sets properly and uh, actually do what we set out to do, which is employ veterans. And in doing that, I think we accomplished our overall objective, which is focus on the home life of the individual, provide them with uh, the conscious capital principles that we follow, and then encourage them to get out there and get in the fight. So here's just two quick things, is that you mentioned before we came on the air that there's a parallel type of training and certification in the automobile industry. Uh, and maybe you can help expand sure. on that. And then secondarily to that, relations with uh, uh, existing unions here in Hawaii. Has there been any interaction, response that you can share with us in that regard? Uh, nothing with the unions, but uh, back, okay. back with the... Uh, our company is the National Academy of Construction Trades, and that's our educational component. We pattern that after ASC certification, which is the Automotive Service of Excellence. They've been in business since 1947. They have had the most successful program uh, globally that we've seen. And uh, one of the things that we took from that is their ability to go through a, a series of skills, to take a test, and then be certified and employable the following day. Um, when you go through a lot of these educational components, you get this education, you do all these things, and you have your, your education credentials, but to try to take those and apply those into the workforce, there's no specific didactic skill sets that these guys have been trained in where they feel comfortable stepping right into it. Mm -hmm. Where the ASE certification model is exactly that. You learn how to do brakes, lights, transmission, drivability, whatever that skill set is. Once you're certified in that skill set, you're now employable in that skill set. Mm -hmm. And so with that model, we decided the National Academy of Construction Trades would be built on that model. and. Uh, in doing so, the guys come through the program, they got on-the-job training, they also have classroom training. When they get out, they're certified, they're ready to go to work the following day. And uh, that model will turn into more of like an express personnel um, tradecraft where we have skilled tradesmen who are looking to get into the market and they can go out and work as a temporary labor force to help the construction trades in Hawaii. They expand and contract. Mm -hmm. Nobody had built a model that would allow for the expansion and contraction. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, what you see and I see is that guys get great union jobs. They high five and they, they make good money. As soon as the job's done, they're done. Mm -hmm. They're now unemployed. Now they're on unemployment, 60% of their wage. Now all the associates, all the associated problems with losing 40% of your pay happen. Mm -hmm. So we all know how that would work, right? Yeah. Well, I, so, I, I live that every day. So, so, so you can, you know, you can imagine the elasticity that goes on. Yeah. And so, we said, well, we need to capitalize on that by making those same skilled tradesmen available for other people who are interested. And rather than looking at it as me, 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 look at it as our, this is our responsibility. And if I have workers that are available for work and you need them, they should be able to go to work mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't be bound just for me because ultimately if our goal is to do what's best for the worker, then that's what we would do, right? We'd provide mm -hmm. them that model. And so we build this as a family model. 
So in a family, if your resources diminish, you don't f not feed the youngest son, the youngest daughter, you all eat a little less so everybody gets some. And so that's kind of our model is right. to make sure that we have the agility and flexibility built in the model, make sure we think about everything, make sure that we're not just a protectionist and say, I created this, it's me, it's for my benefit. And so, so long, if, if you need the help, tough luck. We're reversing that and saying, if you need somebody, we have somebody. And if we, our goal is to get them to work. So if right. they can work for you, they can work for Corey, work for Andrew, whoever, as long as they're working, that's our goal. And that's why, and, and I hope you be patient with me because I do understand here in the state of Hawaii, we have the second highest per capita employment in organized labor. Uh, we have roughly 20%, <clears throat> pardon me, of our workforce identified as labor workforce. If an individual is able to complete your uh, program and they emerge, now they have two, three, four different unions associated with their skill set. Correct. When they go to a job or they go to whatever it might be, either independently or maybe with a particular bench, uh, how do you, is there a... Uh, is there a peaceful coexistence that is going to be achieved even though one particular individual might be able to do the job of three others of separate union organization? Well, I think it's up to the individual, right? If you're a protectionist mentality and you're about I, me, my, it probably won't work for you. If you're about what we're overall, our overall goal, which is to employ local veterans, then you're all about it, right? Yeah. And our job is to give them the most capability, and that's what's most important is their capability. If they have the capability to work for several different unions, non-unions, it's not my business. I'm not a politician. Let's mm -hmm. let them sort that out. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that there's a need for union, and I believe there's a need for non-union, and I've participated in both. I've been a member of the union. I've been non-union. So to me, um, it's neither here nor there. What's what's most important is the warrior, not the war, right? So I stay out of the politics aspect and just mm -hmm. I do my job, which mm -hmm. is to employ local veterans and we'll let the cards fall where they may. Right. Andrew, Corey? <laughs> That's just, it's it's going to be, it's going to be so awesome to be a, 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 a bystander and a part of it. When you come into things and you're talking about contracting and negotiating with unions, most people like me see it as a, as a wall. And Jim, not only is he way taller than I am, but he sees it as a hurdle. Jim is the kind of leader you need to be able to see over hurdles like that, to be able to see what's on the other side of the wall. Seems like a lot of those things are played cards down, face down, you know, and uh, I feel like Jim's playing face up cards with everybody, and it's 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 refreshing to see. Andrew? Oh, no, I, I agree exactly what he said. Yep. It's, it, they all have the, the right to choose, you know, the path that they want to go down, but I will say, um, since we're going after people who've... Uh, served in the military, Corey can attest to this as well, that there's a sense of community when you're around other veterans. Mm. It's like another common thing that you have. And so it makes our culture very unique to that regard. You're not gonna, you can go to those union companies, but you're not going to have the same culture that we create. Mm -hmm. you know? I understand. And I, if, if I could interject, um, mm. I, I'd like to definitely tap on the part that really um, had impressed me probably the most out of all of this, and we're talking about training. We're talking about giving people skill sets. We're talking about giving people employment. None of that is free. None of that is free. But our veterans, myself and, and Drew, everybody else has the ability to get an education, and I'd like to talk about how that ties in with what we're doing, if, if, if you could. Oh, the, the program. So the National Academy of Construction Trades, the idea behind that is to use the GI Bill to go through that process. Mm -hmm. And so they, uh, the military will pay for one certification, and they'll pay for their GI Bill for their education. And so when we built this business, we said that if they're going to go through a program, that we wanted to find the right curriculum. And so we searched high and low to find the right curriculum. 
and uh, we found a curriculum that was created in conjunction with Ohio State University. So not only are they going to come through and go through our programming and get all the skill sets that they're going to need, they're going to get accreditation, and all credits will be issued through Ohio State University because the curriculum that we purchased allows us for that purpose. So we now have an accredited program that has the college credits are issued through Ohio State University. Even though I'm not a big fan of Ohio State. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go Ducks. Go Ducks. We're going to go back right go past Rainbows. that. Go Rainbows. We're going to go yeah, right, right past that. Yeah, but nonetheless, they're, they're there, and, and so these, these kids will get uh, – We'll get credit for, yeah. for their school. So I have family in Michigan, and they just turned the show off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so no. But that, uh, that seems to be good. That seems Tremendous. to be the most incredible part to me is it, we talked about this with all the changes the VA's made. They've been putting the responsibility on the veteran. Oh, sure. Hey, we're out there. We've got mobile vans. We've got units. We've got events. We've got vet aid. The VA is in the community, and it puts the responsibility back on the veteran, and it changes the veteran from a complaining entity to an entity who has some onus on them. Right. And that's what I love about Very the tying good. in of the GI Bill. If you're offered this program, and it's been master architect from somebody who's built businesses time and time again over the years. Somebody has engineered this entire system. They've engineered a way for you to pay for it, and they've paved a way to the front door. It's putting the responsibility on the veteran, and that's why I like the responsibility to be placed. I love the conversation, and you can always tell when a good conversation goes on when time flies by. We have just a few minutes remaining. Uh, We're with Jim, Andrew, Corey, I'm Rick, and the conversation today is compelling. Uh, Jim, I'm going to ask you to walk us through, just briefly, upon application to participate with this program, what happens? Okay, first you, uh, you, you put in your application. We ask for a resume. We don't need a, a broad resume, just an overview of who you are. Okay. Uh, we bring you in. We talk to you about your goals and kind of where you're going, any obstacles that you currently have. We call it an audit or a self-assessment. We do an honest self-assessment of skill sets, strengths, weaknesses, and then based on that skill set, we determine what the proper course of action is for you, whether you need current education, whether you want to get into the educational component, or if you want to go right into the workforce. And then we, uh, we call it onboarding. We onboard them correctly where they have a battle buddy, they work hand in hand with somebody and get into the workforce. Or if they're in the school program, they're going to start the educational component, which will be up in our, we'll have our, our calendar like March 1st. Okay. So you can see when the educational portion starts. Excellent. Excellent. What is going to be the best point of contact you mentioned online phone yeah it's uh, handy andy hawaii we have a phone number it's 808-285-3443 or you can find more information on our program at www.handyandyhawaii.com got it also available on facebook and instagram you can send us a private message on Facebook, send us yeah. a private message on Instagram. Yeah, there. just reach out and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, be there. We'll, we'll send somebody. We have a footprint. so yeah. We have uh, literally just about uh, a couple of minutes left. I'd like to go around uh, for some final thoughts to put a little bit of a bow on our discussion today. Andrew, I'll start with you and uh, share with us your thoughts. Uh, we're just looking for this opportunity to be able to help our veterans. Uh, we take pride in that. And if you're listening today, we hope that you take the time to reach out and ask any questions. And even if we're not a good fit for you, I'll do my best to provide you with the resources that you need to transition smoothly. Uh, the it, it, To see you again is fantastic. So Thank you for having me again. Thanks so very much. Thanks, Andrew. Jim, I know that, uh, boy, I can see the passion that's behind your involvement and uh, advocacy for all of this. How about a personal invitation and anything else you'd like to share before we go today? Well, I'd just like to uh, thank you again for having us on the program, Rick. And 
overall, I think it's just uh, as a conscious community member, we have to look at who we're putting into our community and what we're doing to support them. And I believe it's our responsibility as community members to step up to the plate and to solve these problems. I think we lean a lot on the military. And uh, when they're getting out of the military, people still want to lean on the military. And I think we have some res responsibility there. And uh, when the right time is now and the right people is us, it's up to us to affect change at the greatest level. And if you see yourself as an agent of change, give us a call, reach out, uh, Handy Andy Hawaii, or you can contact me directly through info at handyandy.com. HandyAndyHawaii.com, excuse me. Appreciate that very much. Jim, it's been a pleasure having you in Thank the studio. You and hope to see you again soon. For sure. Corey Cazares, we literally have about 30 seconds. I'll donate that 30 seconds to you, Rick. I appreciate being in it. Just another example of us being able to, to meet people that uh, I'll be grateful to meet for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, I, I thank you very much, Corey, very much uh, for our friendship and also the opportunity today. And again, handyandy.com is where you can start, but you can also call 285-3443. Gentlemen, thanks so very much for a great morning. Thanks, thank you. Thanks, brother. And thank you for joining us for this edition of Community Matters. If you'd like to join me on AMA 30KHVH for thoughtful conversation, you can do so Monday through Friday from 6 to 10 a.m. In the meantime, though, enjoy the rest of the weekend and remember that your community matters. Aloha to you. Mahalo for listening to Community Matters. 